Welcome back to another edition of the Ray Johnston Leadership Podcast. I am your host setting in for this episode, Brad Lominick. So glad to have you along on this journey with us. By the way, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that in whatever podcast app you're using. We'd also love for you to rate and review the podcast, share with your friends, pass it on, text it, send a link, whatever you need to do. We want to we want to spread the word about this podcast uh, and go back and listen to some of the past episodes. There are some great interviews, some great content that you can uh, you can binge. We're in the season of binging, so check out all the past episodes. And this episode, Ray Johnston, senior pastor of Bayside and founder of Thrive and our Grand Poobah. The reason you're listening, he gives us a brand new talk coming up here in just a second. Seven things that every pastor needs to be thinking about and aware of and doing in the next 45 days. Seven things every every pastor, church leader, staff member needs to be doing in the next 45 days. So let's get to it. Uh, get your moleskin out. Buckle up your seatbelt. This is a great teaching from Pastor Ray. I know this is going to help you. Again, you're going to want to pass it along to your friends. So get ready. Pen in hand, moleskin on the desk. Let's go. Take it away, Pastor Ray. Question number one is this, okay? How will I lead the most important person in my church? How will I lead the single most important person in my church? And some of your heads are spinning. You're going, who is that? My wife, um, the richest person in my church, the most influential. Uh, who is that? And the most important person in your church, frankly, is you, okay? We right now are going to be rebuilding everything. As church, churches are reopening, what they really do is they're discovering reopening. Everybody didn't flood back, which means we're going to be in a rebuilding process. Number one question on this is, how do I rebuild the leader, which means how do I take care of myself? And the biggest question is this. If you're taking notes, please get this down. Ask this over and over and over again. What's happening inside me? What's happening inside me? What is going on in my life? What is happening inside me? Because whatever happens in you is going to come out through you. When great things are happening in me, then great things will happen through me. And as whatever's happening inside me is what's going to happen through me. Side note on this, that's why your church is so important. I actually believe this. If you want a great future, you have to get great things going on inside you. And our people, as they return for the weekend or they're online with us, Our role, we have the most important role in America, which is every week, every seven days or more often, we get a chance to put something great inside people. And when great things happen inside people, then great things happen in their family, in their emotions, in their marriage, in their spiritual life, in their business, in their ministry, whatever it is. The biggest question you can ask for the next 60 days is this, what's happening inside me, which is why I'm so glad I've been praying for you that these this week and next week, great things would happen inside you. Now, when you unpack question one, this is a whole different thing, okay? How will I lead the most important person in my church, which is the most important person you will ever lead, is yourself. So I'll, I just want to give you five questions, sort of sub-questions on this, that'll help you figure out are great things happening inside me. And here we go. Okay, number one is this. Am I getting enough support? Am I getting enough support? Now, why is that such a big deal? 
here's how it lays out. If, if you think about it at a deep enough level, here's what's going on. Every one of you, all leaders have a challenge level and you have a support level. Okay. Before COVID, before COVID, okay, my challenge level was high, but my support level was high. Now, what happened is COVID, the race justice pandemic, the political pandemic that's hit our country, all three of those things combined to hit, and my and your, all of our challenge levels went off the roof. I mean, they went to levels nobody ever even dreamed they could go to. And at the same time, there has been so much contention, our support levels dropped, okay? So my staff, okay, where I used to walk into a staff meeting with everybody getting along, now I walk into a staff meeting and there's political fractions in that staff meeting. My board, my board, the board of my church and probably yours, it used to be a support mechanism. Now I walk into my board and I'm not sure what's going to happen. And it's like, for most of us, it is like that in every setting, things that used to be a support mechanism are no longer a support mechanism, which means all of us, at the same time we have rising levels of challenges, have lowering levels of support. And if I can discourage you and depress you even more on this one, okay, I want to give you about 10 reasons why every pastor in America wants to quit right now. There, I don't know if you're aware of this. Every study I'm reading is this. Pastors are resigning in record numbers. And if they're not resigning, pastors wanting to resign is rising in record numbers. They're just not sure where to go. The only business to really be in right now is a fast food drive through or <laughs> Slingshot or Vanderblumen or anybody else because they're getting record amounts of pastors quitting, which means their churches are starting searches. Now, don't quit yours and go onto their site and take one right now. But I want to give you 10 reasons we are all stressed out. And these 10 reasons may be the 10 reasons you and I are miserable, we're discouraged, feeling more hopeless, and want to quit. Number one is this, okay? Pastors are victims too. Most of us are pastors. We are also victims of COVID. We are victims of isolation. We are going through the same thing. The difference is this. We are going through a pandemic ourselves while taking care of everybody else going through a pandemic. Uh, this wasn't a thing. It used to happen in the Midwest. Pastors had a lot of energy in the winter in bleak states when it was freezing, okay? Because everybody got depressed in January and February and pastors were spending incredible amounts of energy taking care of them. And then pastors were depressed in March and April because they were so stressed out because they were going through winter itself and spending in unbelievable amounts of energy trying to take care of people who were depressed because of winter. And theirs just, theirs came later. Right now, that's happening with a lot of pastors. Second reason is this, we're playing lose-lose. If you're a leader right now, you can't win. I mean, ask, just try, ask people to wear a mask. See what happens. You get applauded and you get shot at, okay? There's almost nothing you can do. We're gonna open. You get cheered and booed at the same time. Um, you all, Pastors are playing lose-lose on everything. Talk about politics, you get shredded. Don't talk about politics, you get shredded. Pastors are playing lose-lose, very frustrating place to be. Third reason pastors are quitting is this, okay? They, they're discouraged because of conflict in their church. There's political fights, there's fights about it, and you know the root problem is this, it right now is impossible, it's impossible to make everyone happy. And when people aren't happy, they threaten to leave. 
When people aren't happy, they threaten to not give. When people aren't happy, they write you letters. Okay, and there's and promise. Let's just bear right now. We're in a season where it is literally impossible to make everyone happy. Can't do it. And some of us, myself included, we're people pleasers, and so we're in. It's almost like a catch thing you just can't get out of. The fourth one is this: churches right now are experiencing declining attendance. And they're losing momentous. Remember the days where you're going, hey, COVID hit, we shut down, and our attendance went from 200 to 2 million online. Every church is going, this is a miracle. People are watching in Zimbabwe, and we're having this worldwide impact and all that kind of stuff because they were on for three seconds. Now, and this is true everywhere. We've studied every mega church we can find. Everybody's online attendance is declining, not because they're not doing a good job. People are fed up with Zoom. People are fed up with online and they're missing it. The problem is this, churches are opening. I just We just talked to a church this week. Their church is fully open. It is a, I'm not going to mention, it is a state-in-the-art, multi-site American church. They are fully open. Their attendance is 38%. Their attendance is 38%. Everybody can come back. They're wondering if, every, if everybody's going to come back. That's discouraging because of declining attendance and losing members. We'll come back to that in a minute, okay? Fifth reason everybody feels like they want to criticize. Criticism of pastors and attacks on pastors is up fivefold. You are probably getting five times the criticism. I actually hope this encourages you. If you're getting five times the criticism, which you probably are because I certainly am, then... At least everybody else is. We're all in the same boat. I posted something on social media a while back asking Christians to be less critical and nicer. About Our social media people called me and said, I don't know if you want to deal with this, man, but you just got slaughtered online. But Carol and I, we were playing golf. Uh, just It was a Friday. I took the Friday off. We were on our fourth call, and I made the mistake of looking at a text, and it was our social media people again. You are getting slaughtered on, on email. You have 800 negative slams on you for asking people to be nicer, okay? I mean, welcome to the world we live in. I'm going through the same thing you're going through, okay? The uh, sixth is this. Our workload has gone sky high. Our workload's gone sky high. If you're, a pa- if you're pastoring a church right now, here you are. You serve the church. You pastor the staff. They're divided. You pastor the board. They're divided. You now also have this added. Lead an entire digital world that you've had to recreate. And at the same time that you got everybody online, now keep them online and reopen everybody in person. And you have to relaunch, though, without upsetting anyone. And then you've got to provide pastoral care for people because they, they are more depressed than they've ever been. And you've got to take care of your family at the same time. That's the new pastor's job description. You are doing twice as much job-wise as you've ever done in areas you are not an expert in, but you're having to make it up rapidly, okay? Uh, seventh rating pastor's is this financial stress, financial stress. Um, We'll come back to this as one of the points in terms of a way to get ahead of this and deal with this. However, what's going on is this, uh, giving is starting to decline because so many people are losing their jobs. And unfortunately, depending on the state you're in, the state I live in, far more people are losing their careers and jobs because of how the government has handled COVID than COVID itself. It's tragic what's going on in this state. I'm talking to people. I just walk into small businesses. People are broken out in tears in some of these things. And they're saying, we never had a chance to prove we could operate safely. And that's going to come in because lower, just a whole lot less people have a salary off of which to hide. To, to hide. Uh, number eight is this. 
Why are we all exhausted? Because number eight is this. Here's your new job description. Play referee. And playing referee is exhausted. I know committed Christians who are at war with each other, and I'm having to be a referee, and I keep telling my wife and so on. I just never signed up to be the referee in our church. Number nine is this, the rise of individualism, okay? And here's what's going on. We have single issue, no compromise people, okay? And that's a whole other conversation for another day. Number 10 is this, declining mental health of people, and here's why that impacts you and I as a pastor, okay? And here it is, okay? Hurting people, hurt people. When somebody's hurt, they hurt. And right now, everybody's hurting, and some of them with low maturity levels are going to go, I'm hurting, therefore I'm going to go hurt somebody else. Eleventh uh, reason is this. There, your church may be nearby to what we call manipulative preachers. Okay? There are some preachers that are going, I am going to speak to my base I am going to I am going to claim to speak to every pastor. I am going to tell people exactly what this while telling people how courageous I am. And it's making every other church that isn't doing what they're doing look like their pastors are cowards because they're not being led to do what that pastor's doing. But pastors, I know, pastors in every state. I'm on the phone with three to five pastors a day. You ever want to connect? Give me a call or send me an email. Um, they... I'm with pastors every day who are beating up by being beat up by their church members because of something some pastor said so that they don't look like they have courage. Okay? And the as a matter of fact, this is not new. Charles Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, uh, 150 years ago said this: the pulpit is the coward's castle. The pulpit is the coward's castle. Now, unfortunately, right now, so is the keyboard. Anybody can get on the keyboard. And it's the coward's castle and they can get on a flamethrower and they can scorch earth the other side. And what's happening right now is this. We have people who will say anything as long as they're a hero to their base and they don't care that it wrecks other pastors' reputations and their bases. And it's unfortunate and will do long-term damage to the body of Christ. And by the way, and the 12th one is this, I'll wrap it up with this encouraging stuff, is this. Um, there are, every church, there are some people in your church, and they are, I'm sorry to say it this way, they are evil people committed to your demise. They are evil people committed to your demise. And by the way, this is not new. Paul wrote to Titus, and in Titus chapter 3, the same thing was going on. And in Titus chapter 3, he actually says this, warn a divisive person once, then Warn that divisive person a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. You may be sure that such a man is warped and sinful and is self-condemned. This stuff is at least 2,000 years old, people. And, and what I'm really saying is this. All these reasons are reasons it is hard to stay faithful to the cause of Christ and stay faithful to your church. And I mean, raise your hand if you just felt like quitting. I mean, keep your hands on your steering wheel. The, that's why underneath this one, for God's sake, for your sake, for your family's sake, get enough support. I'll give you an example of that. Um, when I was the interim uh, pastor at Willow, um, it was a late March, and I had gone through some really tough stuff here, 
Okay. And we had some things we had to deal with as a staff, things like that. And just was, I was worn out and I was flying to a brand new challenge at Willow Creek. And I'm on a flight and I'm texting a friend of mine. Uh, and I text this buddy of mine. And he goes, Hey, how's it going? I'm going, man, I am, I, you know what? This is, this is so discouraging. I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel on the situation we're dealing with. And, um, I said, he goes, he goes, you okay? And I said, yeah, I think I'm going to make it. About 10 minutes later, he texts me back. Now, I'm on a flight to Chicago. He texts me back and said, I just talked to my wife. I'm headed to the airport. I'm going to take the next flight to Chicago. Pick me up. Let's grab dinner. I've cleared the next three days. Let's do all the meetings together. And I'm actually choked up on this flight. And this guy gave me a gift that will last for me for a long, long, long time. He flew into Chicago. I picked him up. We talked to him until about one in the morning. I just ended up laughing our heads off. Got up the next morning, did all of this stuff together, flew back together. The second this guy showed up, I was 90% better and have been that way ever since. Matter of fact, this guy and I played golf yesterday. They find people, find sources of support, get enough support. I mean, if you need to, email our office. We'll, we'll put a pastor's thing together and get 12 pastors down to the desert and we'll put each other back together. For God's sake, for your sake, for your mental health sake, get enough support. That's, by the way, that's the first thing under point one. Second thing under point one is this, invest in your own growth. Invest in your own growth. You're doing that right now. Whatever you need, read great books, invest in your own growth. Third thing to do is this, bounce back from bitterness fast. Bounce back from bitterness fast. I talked to a guy one time who has built one of the most successful long-term multi-site ministries in America. And I asked him, I said, what's the secret to longevity in ministry? And I expected him to say a whole bunch of stuff. You know what he said? That's exact. He looked at me and said, the only people that do really well in ministry over a long period of time have one thing in common. Here it is. They bounce back from bitterness fast. Oh, that is so good. The fourth thing to do to keep good stuff happening inside you is to keep a soft heart. Just keep a soft heart. At the end of the game, I want to love Jesus. I want to love my family. I want to love the church. I want to love the people in the church. <laughs> Not all of them, but I want to love Christ and I want to love his church. I've met way too many pastors that the minute they're done, they can't wait to escape the church. I want to be in love with Jesus and in love with his church. And the last thing underneath this is this, because you and I have gotten much busier and life's a lot more crazy. Here it is. Prioritize your family. Prioritize your family. Personally, this has been really healthy for me during COVID. During COVID, so far, last six months, we've had a granddaughter born. We've had a grandson born. And we've had one of our daughters get engaged. It's been an amazing thing to basically go, I'm just going to block out time, hang out with my family, okay? Um, they were, some of them were over last night watching the Dodger game. They, they lost, um, so I'm in depression. The, um, we're, some of us are having dinner tonight. Prioritize your family. I just did a really cool thing. Brian. I did an interview down with Brian Houston, who was awesome. Did an interview with Brian Houston, down at the Hillsong Studios. And then he flipped it on me and said, hey, I want to put you on the Hillsong channel. And he did a 45-minute interview with me. His last question was a great question. He looked at me and said, what do you want on your tombstone? And I said, that's easy. And he said, really, that's easy. Most people have to think about it. I said, no, I already thought about it. And here it is. On my tombstone, I want the words, the people that knew him best respected him most. 
And that's my family. That's my family. No church in America is worth sacrificing your family for. Smart leaders are going to make smart decisions. And the first of seven smart decisions they're going to make is this. How will I lead the most important person in my church, which is myself? Because when you lead yourself well, that person you're creating will lead your church well. Okay. Thanks again to Ray Johnston. Really good stuff there. And we want you to share this. So again, text someone, send it along to a friend, email it to someone. It'll all be available as well in interview format by video in the next couple of days. Check it out at thriveconference.org, thriveconference.org. You can find the video there and you'll be able to uh, share that too. So we've got you covered. Audio version here on the podcast and video on the website at thriveconference.org. And please do subscribe, rate, and review. We've got some great episodes coming up over the next several weeks with interviews from some of your favorite voices as well as continued teaching from Ray Johnston. So as we always say here, we want you to be a healthy leader and we want you to lead a thriving church. So we're hoping and praying for you to do just that. Uh, This is going to be an interesting season. Lots of uh, potential uncertainty still, confusion, chaos. But uh, as Ray reminded us in this episode's teaching, um, our job as leaders is to push towards clarity, and uh, let's let's lead well over the next 45 days into 2021. So on behalf of Ray and the entire team, I'm Brad Lominick. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll talk to you again very soon. <laughs>